1: Right, Michael, draft week is off to an exciting start. It's starting off with a bang. Um, I believe it's been 40 days since Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and said his intention was to play with the New York Jets. Well, he is now a New York Jet. It is official as of today, as of less than a half hour ago. Um, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, who will wear number eight, despite having Joe name mm. blessing to wear number 12. They received the 15th overall pick from Aaron Rodgers and a fifth-round pick in the 2023 draft, which is number 170 overall. The Packers received uh-huh. the 13th Take overall pick. So there's a pick swap, two slots. They move up two slots in the first round. The 42nd overall pick in the second round of this year's draft. The 207th overall pick in the sixth round of this year's draft. And a conditional pick. 2024 second that becomes a first there was a sticking point if Aaron Rodgers plays 65 percent of plays in 2023 which is not a high threshold you have to get hurt or get shut down or quit to not make 65 percent of the snaps no word if the Jets got that whole 25 compensation if Rodgers retires stuff that I think they dropped a long time ago point being is Brian Budakunst Excuse me, Brian Gutekunst basically went to Joe Douglas and said, "And I want David Putney just because I feel like it." We argued, <laughs> and a lot of people argued about, "Oh man, who has the leverage here?" I told you it was simple. The Packers had what the Jets not only wanted but so desperately needed, which is a quarterback stability at quarterback and the ability to get in the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. The longest drought in North American yeah. major professional team sports and sure enough. The Jets caved and I don't say that as a criticism. It's
2: a great right, trade for to. the Jets. They had to they had to do it good for them. Not my Mike, Mike. Not only is it a great trade for the Jets. It's a, it's a great trade for us as football fans football observers football commentators. What a way to kick off draft week for us to get what we expected. But still, when you see it materialize, it's still shocking to see Aaron Rodgers, 15 years in Green Bay, going from a Packer to a Jet. It's amazing. And you're right. Mike, Woody Johnson, and we heard from back channels, we heard uh, Woody Johnson and Joe Douglas say... Oh, it really changed our perspective when we heard Aaron Rodgers tell Pat McAfee that he was 90% retired. He was 90% retired going into his darkness retreat. Who are we? How how could we possibly in good conscience trade so many assets for a guy who's 90% retired? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. But before Aaron Rodgers said that to Pat McAfee, Woody Johnson said this to the media at large. You know what he's saying? We're quarterback away. He said that after the season, we're a quarterback away. We're a championship roster. We just need a quarterback and we got to do whatever is necessary to get us get us a quarterback. So everybody heard that everybody knew how desperate Woody Johnson and Joe Douglas and Robert Sala all of them and all of New York all Jets fans. You can't sit there for a dozen years and not even make the playoffs in a dozen years when you got the Giants across the street. Yeah, they don't always make the playoffs. The come they got championships up. on the come up. They, yeah, yeah, they've got championships. Yeah, in the last yeah, dozen they the years. Tradition. And, yeah, and you absolutely. don't. So right. this is a it's a great move and I think the Packers got exactly they got everything they wanted. They move up two slots yep. in the draft just because okay, two slots. They get a first round pick essentially uh, like in 2024 That's and they the, got Aaron Rodgers. Not only bad the thing. round
1: thing. What's the only bad, the only thing?
2: bad thing about it? I mean, I guess it's just uh, in, in this world, this uh, this this world of capology and they gonna have to play play some games with this. They got $40 million dead money on their cap because Aaron Rodgers is now in New York. So you got to manage that. It's tough to really build the yeah. roster. The the exact roster that you want, but yeah, there are but ways they, around
1: it. But, but, but well, and they also a draft and, and develop team. They have never traditionally been a big free agent spending team anyway, right? They like to keep. They like to keep and retain their own guys. Look, man, I know that reportedly the Jets told Derek Carr when they were talking to Derek Carr that if you come here and you win here, you can go to the Hall of Fame. They ain't got to lie to kick it with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is already yeah. going to the Hall of Fame. You're telling me you're getting a Hall of Fame quarterback who is not that far removed from, I believe, what is fourth MVP and back-to-back right. before last year? You're getting somebody who's still one of the upper-rushing-line quarterbacks in the NFL, and you're telling me you're giving up A pick swap because from their perspective from the Packers perspective, whether it's a sweetener or a significant. Oh moving up from 15 to 13. That's not nothing from a Jets perspective. That's nothing. Okay. So you slide down two spots in the first round. You give up a second round pick when I believe they had multiple second round picks this year. You give up a six round pick get back a fifth and that 24 second becoming a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. You know what that probably means for the Jets. You had a damn good season, a lot of which we well, saw in primetime. That is a small price to pay, given how many first-rounders that franchise has blown on a lot of positions, in particular, the quarterback position, just two years just, ago, being just the a most couple recent ago, example. Right. You know, I mean, so it's like, what is a first-round pick when you are that playoff starved and that desperate for a quarterback? My only disappointment is that this should have happened a long time ago. This was this was the longest most unnecessarily drug out negotiation ever once Aaron Rodgers said I want to play and I want to play for the Jets that trade should have been done the next day because it's the only way this was ever going to go was that the Jets were going to give the Packers exactly what they wanted
2: even if it meant giving up David Putney. Well, I'll tell you this you mentioned primetime. I bet you uh, the NFL schedule maker is going to be looking like quest love back there. On the ones and twos doing a little remix. We got the <laughs> schedule coming out schedule coming out next week uh, next month. Excuse me. And I'm sure that they have the Jets in a certain amount of primetime games without Aaron Rodgers officially now officially with Aaron Rodgers. I think this year you can get up to six. I think you can get six primetime games on the 17 game schedule and I'm just going to throw it out there. I think the Jets will have six primetime games, but there's, there's one thing that that's in the they back did have of my two mind, twos, I by need the you way.
1: To, but I, I just want to, Yeah, they did have two twos. they got this, they had the other second for uh, for Elijah Moore.
2: Um, right, from right. The Browns, number 42. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: and I think they had 42 and 43, right? Is it 42 43 or uh, 42 44. They had that. Yeah, they give up the highest one, but I need you to disabuse me of this. I just got to start in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and I can't get past it and it's just because okay, this is the way. Uh, okay, the, the Packers clearly don't think the way I think or maybe they do. If I have something, whatever it is, if there's something elite, if there's something great, I am not looking to move on before that thing has exhausted itself, whatever it is, whether huh. it's it's a inanimate object.
1: Okay, so you so or you're back on a, that.
2: A, a, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so, so we should have we should have
1: never got here is what you're saying.
2: I, I'm just thinking though, Mike Aaron Rodgers didn't have a 300 yard game last year. Aaron Rodgers threw for the fewest amount of yards that he has in a long time uh, threw for a bunch of interceptions. And I'm wondering if the Green Bay Packers say, well, we see something that the Jets don't see. They're even more desperate than we are. We like Jordan love more than they like Zach Wilson. So our alternative to Aaron Rodgers is superior to their alternative for Aaron Rodgers. And so, okay, let's just move him out now because he ain't the same Aaron Rodgers who won um, those MVPs And the Jets go find. I don't I, I don't know. I just think I, how do you trade? How do you trade Aaron Rodgers and feel great about it? After all those all those stats? Yeah, all I the mean, things you say are we've true. been we've been we've He's been going to the we've Hall been of been Fame. Such,
1: we've been in the mode of who has the leverage and what are the terms and yeah. in the weeds and inside baseball so much until I don't know if we've ever, you and I at least, have ever truly stepped back and been like, damn, they about to really Aaron Rodgers. But I think <laughs> right. the truth of the matter, though, is it's like, I don't know if it's whether it's a superior alternative to just an alternative. They had an alternative whose, clo- whose biological clock was ticking like this. And if they didn't get Jordan Love to, uh, in the lineup sooner rather than later, they were going to have to go back to the drawing board at quarterback. I mean, you know, they're going to exercise if they haven't already his fifth-year option. You know, but they haven't. He hasn't played yet. He's got to play. So they basically made okay. this decision, as we all know, the day that they decided to trade up in the draft to take Jordan Love coming out of Utah State. Once they did that, that bait was that bed was made. I beg your pardon. And now they're yeah. sleeping in it. But I think they sleep comfortably because, like, they've gone through two quarterbacks in the last what, damn near forty years. And the reason is because they've know they, they they've done, they've seen this movie before. They've seen this before, where it's like, okay, we got Favre. We're going to draft Rodgers before we actually need him. Everybody else should be taking notes. You know, Minnesota's probably going to end up doing the same thing in this draft. You know, a lot of people like them to take and Hooker in the first round with Kirk Cousins on the way out the door. But it's like, hey, we're taking Rodgers, even though we don't need him, but he, he, he fell to, what, 25 or 24, whatever it was? They take right. Rodgers, right. pisses off Favre. Favre keeps him on the bench for three years until they had enough of Favre and it's like, okay, it's your team and they moved far to the Jets before he got to Minnesota. History repeating itself, but I don't think it's just coincidence. I think it's strategy. I think it's brilliant strategy. It's like, yo, man, it's eventually there's going to come. I do, because there's going to come a day when Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play. Or maybe the Packers just don't want to play his bullshit games anymore when it comes to will but, I play? Will I not this, play? This I time, went to a dark space. I don't know. It's yeah. like, eventually you're not going to play. We have to think long term, and they've always had a long term vision about this thing. And if you got a guy, and now if they didn't have a guy, if they did not have a first round. Talent at quarterback who have been groomed and developed in their program under Rodgers, not from Rodgers, but you know, as a backup, maybe they wouldn't have been in a rush to move on and start all over. But because they have Jordan Love, it absolutely made it easier to move on, even if it's premature I know.
2: from Aaron Rodgers. I, I, see, here, here's the thing. Uh, this is maybe, maybe I've just seen this. This movie, you thought this movie, you thought about the movie, the Brett Favre movie, that was in 2008. I got a movie it's about the Brady from two thousand twenty, the, the Brady movie. The Brady movie. I've seen it, yeah. and it was, and, and it's, and, and it, it really mirrors this one. It, it really yeah. does. I thought he declined because they in two thousand, because in two thousand nineteen, the Patriots were like, "Oh, cool, bro, go ahead, and leave, go ahead, and fine." And they didn't, ha- we and they didn't got have a quarterback an option, and they didn't have, they right. didn't have an option.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But they didn't. in two thousand nineteen, Tom Brady didn't did not look like he was capable of winning another Super Bowl. Another MVP, and he did exactly that. Won another Super Bowl MVP, won another regular season MVP. He was great. And Aaron Rodgers last year, he didn't win win regular season,
1: but I got you. Oh, he he didn't win regular season. Okay, yeah, 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 right. He He won won a
2: Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and he was a a runner up, or he was a a a, a finalist, a finalist, whatever. Yeah. 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 But he had more. He had more than the Patriots saw. So I'm wondering, is it maybe it's his personality? Is this like that the Packers think he's fine? Oh yeah, he can that's still play. He's good. We know it. That's him. some of it. We're just tired. Yeah. We're just tired. Well, the of has
1: run its course.
2: But they weren't tired. They don't. They, they weren't they, they're not, they're
1: not attracted to him no more. They ain't. This, they, this still time last year they were. They in the same bed no more. They ain't sleeping in the this same time bed. Last year they, they, they well, weren't kicking him out of They, get, they weren't they kicking him the out of bed this time last year. No, they gave him a contract last year. They gave him a whole contract extension. Yeah, your point that they're going to have to eat some of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I, I wonder, but but this is but big. Okay this, is, this is big news. I'm a, and I, you Mike, know what I'm I want to hear Yeah. No, I was going to say that th- real quick. Then I'll kick it to you. I want to hear now that Aaron Rodgers is not just Pat McAfee. This audience. Now he's got the New York media. Come down. Sit. Come oh, sit that's down for him. Uh, well, Ooh. uncle Aaron. Let, let Uncle oh, Aaron tell you the story. New York media. Uh, okay, we got the Jersey guys over here. Try. I'm, I'm representing the Tri-State Jersey. Okay, I got you Connecticut. I got you New York. Okay. All right, we got it. And So he's going yeah. he's going to like give them different versions and give them little morsels. But I wonder if he will say consistently. Hey, I didn't want this. I'm glad I'm here but I, I mean, look, I told Green Bay. I wanted to come back. They just pushed me out. No, And I think he might. No, he might create no, that though. He might no, create. You don't
1: want to, you know, I mean in his mind, he might tell himself that to just kind of give him a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he says it in his biography, but you don't want you don't want the Jets feel like the rebound chick. You don't want to be like, well, I'm just settling for y'all. This ain't where I really want to be. I didn't really want to be in the Big Apple. I didn't want to really want to be in a not. place where I'm wanted. No, I, I think maybe you could say, "Hey, initially I wanted to come back, but the more I thought about it, because I mean, look for Rodgers. Okay, we talked about it from the Packers' perspective. We talked about it from the Jets' perspective. For Rodgers, this is great for him, because the Packers probably weren't competing, contending even with him. They were going to be relevant. They were going to be competitive. But I mean, whose roster, outside a quarterback, would you rather have right now? The Jets or the Packers? I'd probably rather have the Jets. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, right. Now it's a tougher conference on paper. But I mean, I think for Rogers, it should be re-energized. We talked about the other day. Like, you know, your old relationship is flamed out. Now you got somebody that think you fine, somebody that laughs at your your bad jokes, somebody that doesn't mind your idiosyncrasies. This is like, this is great for him. So I would be shocked if he's kind of planning like, oh I wanted to go back, but I got pushed out. No, this is like, hey, I took control of the situation and I looked at the landscape and saw an opportunity here to so bring this fan base to Super Bowl. I think he's going to play it right. I think I think he'll play it. Well, this is huge. The honeymoon Joe. period in New York should last. I don't know
2: a couple Couple months. You know, first month of the season. First month yeah, of the season, couple months.
1: you know,
2: it's going to be fun. We'll see. It's going to be fun. It's going. It's going to be fun. I tell you what, it's going to be weird seeing him wear number eight though. He, number it's
1: eight. We're seeing him wear number eight. It's yeah. going to be weird seeing him in another shade, shade of green. Crazy how him and Bert Favre their relationships are so, par- their, excuse me, their car- uh, careers have been so parallel. Just one word of advice just be careful in the text messages. Yeah, Sorry. that's right. I know I was supposed, I listen, no, no, stay focused.
2: No, <laughs> I was, no, that's right. I was say stay focused. Okay. Stay right. focused. Yeah. Hey, listen, you, you keep your mind on the field, and the only <laughs> exactly. team employees, the only team employees yeah. you talk to are the guys are the guys that are in the that's locker it. room with you. That's it. Okay? That's it.
1: Stay focused. All right. It, it's over. Now we can focus on the draft.
0: Dietz Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
3: Do you want a beautiful lawn? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mick crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
4: Now you're the highest-paid player in the league. I mean, how satisfying is that for you?
1: Yeah, I think uh, money is nice. Championships
4: are better.
2: Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Shake your head. Welcome to brother from another. That's Jalen Hurts Michael Smith. That is Jalen Hurts first press conference big deal in Philadelphia The entire organization shows up Nicole Lynn his agent shows up Howie Roseman Jeffrey Laurie Nick Sirianni They're asked Jalen Hurts has asked about his new contract 51 million dollars a year highest-paid player in football right now and he says money is nice. Championships are better. I think all the things he said, Mike, all the things he said, I agree with except for that one. I, I would have I would have used. I would have used money is nice and so are championships. I wouldn't say championships are better, but everything else. <laughs> right? Everything How much money else, are we talking? You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to co-sign that
1: with yeah. your whole yeah. character.
2: Mike, he said he's on a constant quest. He's on a constant quest to be a better player, a better man, a better human being a better leader. Yes.
1: it doesn't get much better than Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's right. He just he just out here making it hard for cats. Like you ever meet that dude. And honestly, Michael, you've been that dude from time to time. Meet that dude be like, oh, yeah, man, I took my wife on a surprise vacation. Uh, or yeah, man, I'm just out here cooking breakfast in bed with my wife, or i just just some. Or, or you'll be around him and he say something, you know. You you be at dinner with him and, he, and, you, like, and he's feeding uh, his wife or some shit, and you're like, God, yeah, yeah. Like, why you gotta make it? Why, are you, why, like, why are you making it hard for the rest of us? You know, here comes yeah. Jalen Hurts talking about looking all smooth and whatnot, Mr. Essence Magazine, right? Mr. Yeah. Mr. Letter to Black Women, right? Already doing everything right, talking about. Look at his lips like LL, you know. Yeah. Money's nice, but championships are better. It's like, oh my God, How, can you be more perfect? There we go. Can he be more perfect? There <laughs> we He just. And, but again, this I can't. Dude. I will keep saying, I told you so. I will keep saying, I told you so. He is so perfect for Philadelphia, as if they didn't already adore him. I mean, what what's not to love? Knowing that, and they say, I'll I'll I'll, I'll pivot by saying this. And you know I, we're fond of re- repeating this because NFL types have said this for years about free agents, about people who get extensions, about rookies prior to NIL, about rookies coming in and seeing money for the first time, that money doesn't right. change you. It makes you more of who you already are. And that is a right. very encouraging proposition if you are Philadelphia Eagles and a Jalen Hurts fan, that the money will only make Jalen Hurts more of who he already is. But this only makes me more excited, Michael, For this week, you know, this is Christmas week for me. This is my birthday week. This is my favorite week of the year. The NFL draft, right? Um, Jalen Hurts, three years ago today, was the 53rd overall pick in the 2020 draft. The fifth quarterback taken, again, curiously and controversially by a team that thought it had its franchise quarterback in place. And, and this is really what I love about this week because this is where championships or championship contenders are built this week. This is where it starts, yeah. okay? And right. not only does no one seem to know what's going to happen this coming Thursday night, nobody knows what's going to happen, see Jalen Hurts, over the course of the next two to three years. As a matter of fact, nobody knows what's going to happen Next year, here's an awesome video that the NFL put out Put out that got me even more hype. Let's me further know that I'm right about the draft being the best sporting event, not just for the NFL, it, across the board. Nothing beats the draft. Here's why.
5: Purdy has no elite traits, doesn't have a starter skill set,
6: Outside of his NFL frame, his traits are pretty average.
4: Average backup or special teamer. He may never be a home run threat for a team. Far from great. Way below average. Lacks fluidity. Lacks top end speed. Pro backup. Lacks explosiveness. Is underdeveloped. May lack the speed and durability doesn't matter when you're drafted. With the first
6: pick. You can either prove them right or you can prove them wrong. Every pick Ooh, counts.
1: Ooh, yes, sir. So the intrigue, the mystery, Michael, uh, it begins at two. Bryce Young uh, seems like more or less a lock to go at number one. I'm not Going sure.
2: Days, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that, but go ahead.
1: I'm no, not, I'm not, not going to go even ahead. sure.
2: No, no, I'm not yeah. gonna go ahead. I don't believe any of it. I don't believe any of it. And and look, he's worthy uh, of being the number one pick. Bryce Young, I'm a big fan of his. You know who I really like. Uh, my number one quarterback. He's all over the place. Some people say one, two. Some people say he slides to seven, eight, nine. Who knows? Uh, and C.J. Stroud. But I don't believe that the Carolina Panthers with the number one pick have leaked to so many people. Who they're going to draft at number one when they don't necessarily have to. I think there may be reasons that's coming out. They could just be telling the truth. Hey, we love Bryce Young so much. Nobody in our organization can keep a secret. He's our number one guy or they may have designs on throwing people off. Maybe they want to trade. I I don't know if they want to trade back. It's not not like Somebody could. I don't know, but it's not like somebody
1: could. It's not like somebody could leapfrog them. And if 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 they wanted to put well, out a word well, maybe that they, they like Bryce Young, to, to me I don't the, know, maybe the the leverage play the leverage play up? is the leverage play is we're open to trading we're open to all the quarterbacks anybody we, we like them all so that way if somebody does come up you're comfortable with whoever you end up with but allowing it to be known that Bryce Young is your guy I don't know I, I get the conspiracy theories that time of year but to what end it's because weird. it's like because because, because is that going to entice somebody to say? Well, what I was going to say is gone are the days when people will be negotiating contracts with the number one overall pick right now. You know, once upon a time, they would enter the contract negotiations so to make sure they could actually sign the number one pick before there was a rookie wage scale and everybody was slotted. So that part of the the mystery is gone, but I, I, I believe it. I mean, there are enough people in that organization with enough friends in the media or enough people around the league to let it be known that Bryce is their guy, and why not? He's got everything other than height, and then height doesn't seem to have held him back throughout his entire playing career at every level. I know this is a different level, but again, they yeah. all come in through the same front door, for the most part, unless you're bagging groceries and you turn out to be Kurt Warner. But, so, okay, it feels like, I, I get you're not sure, and that's fair, especially after yeah. uh, two years ago. You know, it's not that long ago when it was uh, with Trey Lance and, uh, and, and Mac Jones and 49ers had us all fooled thinking, uh, even though we knew it should have been Trey Lance, or maybe not, but we knew that it was going to be Trey Lance because we fell in love with him. Everybody was saying Mac Jones. The rest is history. Um, but what I was going to say is the mystery seems to start at the second pick. And not just is it C.J. Stroud or Will Levis for the Houston Texans. It's do they take a quarterback at all and I would say, Michael, my biggest storyline line for this week, and it's, it's actually, I, I, if I may say so, I like my own storyline because it's a division that's oftentimes an afterthought. You know, when you look at the landscape of the league, it's probably, with all due respect, the least interesting division in pro football, and that's the AFC South. But the top of the draft is very much dominated by the AFC South Houston at two, Indy at four, um, and you have the, the Texans, the Titans, I beg your pardon, at 11, and then Houston again at 12. The Titans could trade up from 11. The Colts may need to slide up a pick or so, or, we'll, or, we'll, or maybe they just see whoever lands the in the The Texans got two four. top 12 picks. The Texans with two twa- top 12, and what do they do with it? And what I hope that the Texans don't do. Because there's a lot of smoke around, and I don't know if it's a smoke screen, maybe there's fire, but there's a lot of smoke around him going defense and going Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, because you got D'Amico Ryan's looking for his next Nick Bosa, to which I would say, don't get cute. Houston, you have a problem. Don't create a problem. (laughs) Right. Don't, 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 like, solve that problem, because... What they could be, end up being, and no disrespect to Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, I love what I've seen from Will Anderson, I love the scouting reports on Tyree Wilson. You could end up being the team that D'Amico Ryan's just left. Which, yeah, but for the quarterback position, would have a championship by now. Okay? Um, whether it's injury or whether it's performance or whatever. Or or Don't get so cute like Cleveland used to do because once upon a time Cleveland was so busy trying to stockpile picks and take great players and they couldn't decide which quarter they would they they passed on a list of great quarterbacks including ironically Deshaun Watson who is now in Cleveland by way of Houston point being it's like you got C.J. Stroud there and I don't see I don't see Levis over Stroud but if they do okay I guess but you got Will Levis there. Hell, you got Anthony Richardson there. Don't fool around in a a division where everybody is trying to get what Jacksonville has, which is Trevor Lawrence. Don't fool around and let Indianapolis address its quarterback problem. Don't fool around and let Tennessee jump up and get its heir apparent to Ryan Tannehill while you're sitting there saying, oh, no, we're just going to take, we don't love these guys. We're just going to take the best defensive player. Yeah, that's great. And maybe you get Levis at 12, or maybe you get Hooker at 12. I like getting I like Hooker. But it's like, I just don't want to see Houston get too cute while everybody gets down to the business of addressing the position that when you're up there, hell, Seattle's considering it. Detroit's considering it. When you're up there, you're up there for one reason and one reason only nine out of ten times. That's because you don't have a quarterback. That's why you're up there to begin with. Most of the teams that are up there, you rarely find a team that's, that's got their quarterback situation settled. Like a Jacksonville last year, aberration. You know, most of the time, you're up there because you ain't got a QB. So go get one, okay, when you have that opportunity. That's why Arizona's sitting so pretty. They, at least they think. They think they got a QB. At least they got one that they're paying a shit ton of money to. So they're not trying to go and replace him right now. But it's like if you're up there, address that spot, Michael. I'm in franchise mode right now. Yeah, so yeah, I, oh, I love Houston that in the AFC South in general is my biggest um, lo- storyline at least on this Monday. Why were you looking at me like I was crazy just now? To what I
2: said? Oh no, no, I was just funny when you talk about you know, if not for the quarterback spot, it must be a Bay Area thing. We talk about this say And now, now it's making sense. Don't what? let that Bay Area, don't let that Bay Area mentality infect you. Y'all told me Jimmy I, I, Garoppolo I, was holding I back. Know. That's what you told me. That's true. I didn't me. know. This was
1: the second coming. I didn't know everybody Mike, got hurt.
2: Mike, but, I didn't know it was an area known for such excuse making and such revisionist history. Oh, if oh, this oh. had happened, oh, if I mean, we but, had done know, that, y'all I mean, must know that we came Josh up with Jackson first. They had Josh Johnson and, first. Thir- and, and
1: 32 different teams he's played for. I mean I'm sorry They yeah. could you know yeah they're not kind of help I'm, not, I'm just gonna Earth's say this Eagles
2: get to the Super Bowl just saying Let me just say this real fast Real fast real fast want to say it real fast um, going back to that video that that hype video from the NFL that thing couldn't be further from the truth I mean that that that, that thing could well no no I'm saying No no I, I said that wrong That thing couldn't be more true Oh okay that thing couldn't okay. be more true and okay. I want I want everybody uh, at, at this time. And I know there are a lot of high school students trying to get into college and you know, they're getting some bad news. Don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah. about that. You didn't get into yeah. your first choice your second choice. There's so many examples and they could have done more of that from the Max Crosby's and Aaron Jones and even Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. There's so many examples of people and I'll tell you about it one day this week because I've been in like three or four draft rooms. Thank God. Had the privilege of being there, and I've heard them say, I've heard them identify people who weren't supposed to be great, they turned out to be great. I've heard them say, this guy is going to be amazing, and it was the opposite. So look, you out there, take that to heart. This is a subjective exercise. Be inspired. Yes, to keep doing your thing.
1: There is no right or wrong; it's only opinion. So, we talked about the parents at number one. And you talked about you not believing that Panthers are number one, and that they know what they're going to do, or at least they let be known that they know what they're going to do. Here's Scott Fitterer and Chris Ballard speaking to just that point.
4: We felt strongly about a group of guys up there, and we knew this is something we wanted to do. We wanted to be aggressive and go up and do this. Um, and, you know, uh, I think through this process, we made the right decision. I feel really good about going from nine to one. Um, I'd hate to be at nine right now trying to figure this out. So uh, I know we made the right decision to go up there. We're going through the right process of being thorough, uh, checking every box that we can, and the next step is going to be execution on, on draft day and giving these guys the resources they need beyond that to be successful. As you sit here, do you have
1: a pretty good idea how one, two, three go or not? No, no idea.
2: Really? No, and I don't think anybody does. Now, Everybody thinks they do. I mean, of course, everybody thinks they do, and everybody has an inside source that's given them information of what's going to
0: be done. But I think, as you all know, just look at the mock drafts and tell me how accurate they are after the draft. You don't, nobody knows. Nobody's giving out
5: information. How much lying do you think goes on right now? Oh, everybody's lying.
2: I might be the most honest, unfortunately. Um, but
0: everybody's lying. I think you know Melly well enough like usually if you answer a question I'll either dance around it or give you an answer today I'm a
2: dancer Chris Ballard with the Barry Bonds (laughs) meets Jim Mora
1: you think you know but you just don't know okay today I'm a dancer Uh, what a quote uh, you, you know who knows what he's talking about is our guy Connor Rogers uh both he and our next guest Eric Froden Connor Rogers and Eric Froden from NBC Sports Here's Connors mock draft top 10. Michael, he's got the Texans taking my advice and not getting cute and going with your guy, CJ Stroud over the betting favorite Will Levis and he's got the Colts quote unquote settling for Anthony Richardson, Chris Ballas Colts. As I mentioned, Connor Rogers, Eric Froden, good to see you guys, man. Let's four box this thing on this draft Monday. Happy draft week, fellas. Uh, Connor, starting with you, uh, I've seen a lot of. I mentioned that Will Levis is now the betting favorite at two. I think he may also be the bet- betting favorite at four, so make of that, that what you will. But betting favorite at two. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of smoke around defensive player, Will Anderson or Ty- uh, Tyree Wilson at second. A lot of mock drafts have him going second to the Texans. On behalf of my man, Michael Holly, the Ohio State Buckeye that he is, what's up with C.J. Stroud, man? Is it this S2 thing? Uh, Why why, why is C.J. Stroud all of a sudden taking such flack uh, in draft circles? Or is it just being exaggerated?
5: I feel like it's a bit of hyperbole, and I'm not as confident as when I wrote that mock draft a week or two ago that Stroud is going to go number two, but I'm also not believing that Stroud's not going to go in the top five picks of this draft, so I think we fall somewhere in the middle. The thing I've heard the most consistently over the last 10 days is that D'Amico Ryans and the Texans are very comfortable just taking the best player on the board, and that would probably be Tyree Wilson or maybe Will Anderson, but to get pass rush started, but that doesn't mean C.J. Stroud Off this planet, right? We know Arizona wants to trade the third overall pick. That could be a team coming in to get him when they once upon a time thought they had no shot at him. It could ultimately be the Colts, despite how much buzz we've heard about Will Levis in the last two weeks of the Colts. And honestly, we've heard so much about Will Levis at four that it kind of makes you skeptical it'll happen. I've told you guys before if you're going to take the swing on traits, why wouldn't you take the 20 year old with better traits than Anthony Richardson, who ironically, we've heard no buzz about over the last two weeks in the top four. I find that to be a really big coincidence right now. So the quarterback carousel is the giant mystery here. I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans stay away from it, which is not a great decision. I agree with you guys, but the Texans haven't made a lot of good decisions over the last couple of years, so it's not really shocking. (laughs) Uh, But I don't think the quarterbacks are going to slide out of the top seven.
1: Eric, let me follow up with with you real quick, man, because it's like I I, I get best player on the board. I get it. I get it. I, I, I do. But I was always taught that if it's close, the best player and the best player on the board, maybe there's a better defensive, unless that guy's Lawrence Taylor. But if there's a better defense, slightly better defensive player than a quarterback prospect, even if it's close, you take the quarterback at the, at the at the more of a priority position. Wouldn't the Texans be making a gigantic mistake, given what you know, and I know you followed Stroud since high school, given what you know about Stroud, specifically, or even for that matter, Richardson or Levis, would it be a gigantic mistake on the Tex- by the Texans to pass on QB at two, or do they take one of these edge rushers and maybe there's a guy at 12, or they move up from 12? Are we, are we, are we focused too much on the number two pick?
5: Sure. For
6: my own personal feelings, if I'm running the Texans here, the most important thing is just simply to get as much value as you can for the selection. And if they have decided that a defensive end and a defensive player is the direction they want to go, well, why wouldn't you try to move down as little as possible, acquire more draft capital? You can't have enough. We've seen that by how you know Howie Roseman has done a great job with Philadelphia and just amassing assets so if they're going to go with the tyree wilson or the will anderson uh you know that direction why wouldn't you you know see what maybe you move down to five maybe move down to six where you know you're still going to get one of the two because right now tyree wilson is plus 230 to be that number two pick will anderson is plus 350. so they've actually switched positions it was the other way around last month excuse me last week but now we have Will Levis at minus 135 and Stroud at plus 350. So we've seen this market change drastically just in the past few days, as Connor sort of alluded to. Um, I think, the again, you got to get the most out of it. If you want the QB, good. It's easy. You just sit there and stick and you take one. But if you're not going to go that direction, get capital and get all you can get.
2: You know, I, I want to point out, fellas, I, I I don't know if you guys realize this, CJ Stroud, two years at Ohio State, 85 touchdown passes, 12 picks, 85 and 12. So if the S2 numbers had been better, maybe it would have been 91 touchdown passes, six interceptions. Maybe he would have processed a little bit, but maybe it's 92 touchdown passes, five interceptions. If he had better S2 numbers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how a guy could be much better than that. Maybe they wouldn't won the Georgia game. He would have give, give, given them like five or six more yards. And the kicker wouldn't have shanked it. All right. Right. I, I know, he, I know he passed that yeah.
1: test. I know he passed that test. Yeah, yeah, Michael. right.
2: <laughs> right. But, but you know. it, this is what went up from you both. Oh, uh, you know, Eric and Connor, tell take. me this. Tell me this. Um, favorite player in the draft and why? Your favorite guy, you're watching him. Why is he your favorite? I guess, uh, Eric, you can go first, then Connor.
6: Okay. Uh, I, I guess we're going favorite, favorites. Uh, as connor knows uh, at the draft i I have a big crush on marvin mims uh wide receiver for oklahoma he was the all-time leading high school receiver in the history of the united states in the single season uh, basis and i just think he was drastically undervalued coming into the process people thought he was going to be in the four five four five five range he comes out at the combine and blows everyone away with a four three eight Uh, nobody expected that and it's interesting because a lot of receivers we expected to run real fast and be in those four threes they weren't there they were in the four four to four fives if you're talking about quentin johnson we've seen his drop associated with that so i am a huge marvin mims guy Uh, i think he's going to be a great value in round two for whatever team takes him and he's not just a slot only i think he can stretch the field vertically on the outside too
5: yeah, Proton, I love that pick. I think Mims has been really underappreciated. When you look, catching 20 touchdowns over the last three years, being that true junior, I think there's a lot of value with him in the wide receiver class on day two. I'll go with a little bit more of a chalky pick, although I don't know if he goes into round one because he is an outlier. and. That's what you find yourself rooting for when you're betting on an outlier. That's Kalijah Cancey, the defensive tackle from Pitt. Mm. The bottom line is there are not a lot of NFL defensive coordinators that'll use a top 40 selection on a defensive tackle that's 281 pounds, that's not even six feet, one inch tall. So when you look at Cancey, what makes him special? He's a great athlete, an elite athlete. He's got speed, explosiveness. He could rush inside, he could rush outside. And just because he's not a guy that'll two gap and constantly take on double teams against the run, he can make the explosion. Plays in the backfield by shooting those gaps. So, if you have an attacking front four that deploys a couple guys that are already big and contain and stalemate space and let him run around and make plays, he's going to be a superstar and somebody's going to regret passing on him in the top 10 to 15 picks, I think.
1: Speaking of superstars, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that Bijan Robinson is going to be a superstar to next level. Now, Eric, I've had quite a few conversations with you in particular at the combine. About my newfound dynasty addiction. I'm <laughs> not saying that this is a dynasty motivated question, huh, but dynasty's in the back of my mind when I ask this question because I'm confused. This is another conventional wisdom thing that's that that I'm I'm hung up on. So we know running backs has been devalued. If you're the Atlanta Falcons and you get Tyler Algier running for a thousand yards at five yards a carry as a rookie. And is, I think, 22 years old. I'm, I may or may not have acquired Tyler Algier this offseason. <laughs> why am I seeing, Eric, so much buzz about them taking B. John Robinson like a giddy Saquon Barkley 2.0, but you've got a running back and you're out there Smith and this is what you do is you run. It's like, why? Is I mean, B. John Robinson that cold blooded? Where well, have you got a young running back? Are you still taking B. John Robinson?
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand where you're going with this. Certainly, they're plus 200. They're the favorites to take Bijan John Robinson down at number eight. I mean, you know, the, the conventional wisdom of taking running backs early has certainly, uh, you know, in other words, don't do it is prevailing wisdom. But gosh, you look at, at the odds right now. Atlanta is minus 135 to go defensive line, plus 550 to go QB, plus 200 to go running back here. I just think it, at such a premium position, you know, uh, where they need a lot of things, you've got Tyler Algier, who is a, uh, I would say a blue collar, tough, uh, grinding out between the tackles type, where you have that skill set of somebody who can get the tough yardage. Maybe, you you know, I would prefer to see him go and wait till the second or third round. You get a, a there's so many good yards. Smaller backs, maybe an eight chain to complement Algier. You know, 190 pounds, but just a, a Olympic track athlete. You have Jameer Gibbs, obviously, who is as electric a sub 200 pounder as you're going to find. So I think that you have options with a smaller running back class to be able to get value down the board where you don't have to expend draft capital, top ten draft capital,
5: to address a position that is not a need right now.
1: Connor or is Bijan just that dude?
5: He is that dude, but the Falcons are a tough sell for me, just because they've already gone down this road enough. Where you're telling me you're going to invest a top five pick at tight end, then a top ten pick at wide receiver, and then a top ten pick at running back, but you're going to go into camp with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke under uh-huh. center. That just feels like a <laughs> process that doesn't make a lot of a, make a lot of sense for a division. Well, you put that it that way. Take well, you put in. it
2: that way, Connor.
5: Yeah, <laughs> makes yeah, a lot of exactly. sense. Exactly. So, and here's the thing: I've heard, I- I've heard that. After all the money they just spent on defense and free agency, Arthur Smith is legitimately like, well, that's where we put all of our chips. Now on the draft, you know, I could potentially just take the best skill guy here. So I find it interesting for Atlanta. My gut still says a bigger edge player. Maybe that's where Lucas Van Ness can go. There's some value there. But nothing would shock me when it comes to running backs and Arthur Smith.
2: I I, I want you guys – I want you uh, – Connor and Eric, I both want you to be a a part of somebody's promotion in five years where they go and say, you know, Connor Rogers said (laughs) I would never make it. You know, they they just say they didn't think they thought (laughs) I was going to be a bus documentary. Exactly. exactly, and they showed a clip. They showed a clip right there. So who is your because I tell you our guy Chris Sims. Will Anderson. If y'all see each other, it might be a misunderstanding. It might be a misunderstanding. because Chris Sims has gone in on Will Anderson. Like he just like a guy like he's just a guy. So I'm wondering for both of you, Eric and Connor, who is somebody that we've talked about a lot? And you look at it and you say, I really, I really don't get it. Why there's so much hype around this guy?
6: I'll go. I'll I'll start, I guess. Quentin Johnson, I'll stick with the wide receivers, you know, uh, at the combine where myself, Michael Connor all got to hang out and, and chat. Quentin Johnson was the the favorite to go as the number one wide receiver as of the combine that obviously changed drastically. And the reason why is he had great jumps and everything, but you look at the tape and, you know, I think people kind of came around on the fact that he's a big receiver, but he's not Drake London kind of a big receiver. He's, he's, you know, just a little under six, three is that six, two and change two Oh eight. But, he wasn't being used the way that we saw Drake London uh, at USC. You know, he's getting a quick hitch. It's third down and seven, and he's manned up with a cornerback, and that 190-pound cornerback is going to get his face shoved in the grass, and he, Drake London is going to go right past him. The physicality that you see of that is what you want from a big receiver. When you look at Quentin Johnson, even the stuff downfield where he's making plays, he's allowing the ball to come to him as opposed to attacking it at its highest point. Um, You see that in terms of like catching the ball way outside his frame, it's not really what he does. He, you know, he's had some explosive plays where he'll catch it and he will maintain the separation that he's had. You know, you saw that certainly against Michigan uh, in the CFP championship. But uh, I just don't think that he is this next level big wideout. I think uh, Cedric Tillman for tennessee is right there if not maybe better i have them very closely aligned with each other i don't think he's that much better than guys like uh you know as we discussed um you know tillman and the other big receivers in this class i think he's a lot more closer to the field as opposed to being elite
5: and I'll stick with pass catcher here. But look at the tight end class. When you look at Luke Musgrave, he's somebody that has appeared in the first round of mock drafts. He's probably going to be a top 50 pick. I've as the 80th best player in this draft. And not everything is based on college production. But you look at somebody that missed most of this year due to injury. His best year in college. He had 22 catches for 304 yards. He caught two touchdowns in college. He can't block on the line of scrimmage, and that was out west. It gets a lot tougher in the NFL, no matter what division or conference you're in. So essentially, he's a big guy that can run fast up the seam, and that has nice value maybe as a tight end two or three on a roster, but you're going to use the top 50 pick on that player and say, this isn't just our starting tight end of the future. This is one of the pass catchers our offense is going to run through. There's too many things going against him right now, whether it is not trusting him in line, not being healthy, not being productive. I'm out on that in the first two rounds.
6: Yeah, especially with the kind of uh, class we're talking at for tight ends. Sam Laporta had yeah. an incredible combine, has ball production all over his tape. There's nothing you can say that you can say, oh, he isn't going to be able to handle the transition to catch and passes. You have um, Zach Koontz, who tested out as one of the freakiest tight ends in the history of mankind. Uh, you're going to be able to get those guys in the second, third round. I, I just think I don't. I'm right there with Connor.
1: Hey, last thing, I just want to kind of keep with this theme about you know addressing the quarterback spot when you have an opportunity. I know Seattle is a stranger to the top five uh, for the most part over the last you know decade plus. Uh, Detroit's got this bonus top six pick by courtesy of the Rams collapse. Um, before we let you go, I'd ask both of you, uh, Connor, and then Eric, um, do you anticipate? Should, the Houston go defense and not trade out like you were advising, Eric, and get the most value for it? Should the Cardinals not be able to get somebody to come up and give them more picks to build uh, what may be the worst roster in the NFL? Um, Do you anticipate QBs three and four ended up in either Indian? Excuse me, uh, Detroit. uh, Excuse me, Seattle and or Detroit, Connor.
5: If it's going to be one, it'll be Seattle, and there's a lot of things that have kind of walked us to this, right? The structure of the Geno deal, it's really a one-year deal that has, you know, the fake three years that they want it to be. Uh, They're just going to, they're too good to be picking in this range again, so it's now or never. It's either Geno's the future for the next three years or whatever it is, or get a guy now that you could develop behind him, And with Geno's attitude, that won't be a problem at all. Geno doesn't care. He'll thrive through that. He's been through enough, so... I think it would be Seattle. Detroit, I've heard, is locked in on getting a game-changing defensive player. They love Jared Goff. They believe in Jared Goff. The numbers in Ben Johnson's offense for Goff with the talent around him doesn't lie. So Detroit's fixated on Will Anderson or Devin Witherspoon. Uh, They'd probably have to go up for Will, but they could probably get Witherspoon at six, and I think they would take him. But Seattle's the big wild card there. I think it's either Jalen Carter or a quarterback with all of the traits in the world. So they will swing for the fences at five.
1: Eric, you're, you're, you expect
6: you expect this? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. I think He's right on the money. A
1: quarterback slips there. Okay.
6: Yeah, I'm with I'm with Connor again on this. We are simpatico, um, and for the reasons that he kind of discussed, like you know, we're not going to see either of those teams up here again at this uh, at these picks with the kind of talent they have on their overall rosters. So it's sort of a a now or never scenario for both of these you know organizations and franchises. Uh, I think it does make a lot of sense for Seattle Tech QB, will they move up to get one is really the question. Do they have a Ooh. favorite that they're looking at and saying, all right, because that's where it really folds in on that two pick or the three, where if their preference is C.J. Stroud, which we know it's Michael Holly's, uh, then you oh, know God. do they move up two spots, which serves both masters for Arizona, needs talent, moves down two spots, probably going to get either Anderson or Carter if they want them there. And it allows Seattle to move up two spots, get what they need, and not give up too much capital. I, I think that's a win-win.
1: Boy, Ar- Arizona had better not even take a phone call from John Schneider, but I, I will say that um, Anthony Richardson, though, Greg, I love that fit in Seattle. Love that fit because he can sit for two years if necessary and be mentored by, mm-hmm. by, by, by Geno Smith. Uh, Eric Froton, uh, Connor Rogers. Thank you both. Connor of the, representing his 3-1 Knicks right now. Uh, appreciate you. Both. I, I see have you. a great. Week, I see fellas. have a great
0: week.
4: Thanks for the insight. Thank great. you,
6: boys. Thanks guys.
0: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection. Then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn?
7: Steph is a better player than Magic Johnson. It's just resume building <laughs> and accolades <laughs> to this. Point, okay. Magic Johnson is my absolute favorite player in the world. So Doesn't this is sound
2: like Johnson. it. They always got an excuse for when they lose. So Adam Silver damn it. I'll, I'll appeal to you. Do not dare suspend Draymond Green. We would have beat Sacramento. If they had messed with Draymond,
7: so now nice Warriors and okay, six. Because
1: so it was Warriors and five. Now nice it's Warriors and <laughs> six. I, I addressed that the, the other day. Seven, I Always thought Warriors it was five or
7: series. six. I said that, oh, and it's five still Warriors and six. six. <laughs> so Y'all like I want them, them to lose? No, y'all don't. Y'all want a long series, and you want basketball, so stop fronting. We don't want a long series. I don't care whether they. I don't care whether
1: they lose briefly or in seven. As long as you gotta eat it. As long as you gotta come eat it. That's all I got. That ain't happening. Um, I just wanna say hi. That was all that was all I had. Nat what's up?
7: Oh, that's all
1: right. you had. Oh my bow. You, hey, hey, you wanna watch yeah. me
7: eat it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: I've been dealing with this two years now. It is what it is. The fans can talk whatever they
1: want to. It doesn't matter to me. You say you've been been dealing with this for the past few years. What is this?
2: What do you mean by that?
1: The media making me a villain. The fans making me a villain. And then that just
2: creates a whole different persona on me. So now you think I intended to hit LeBron James in the nuts. I'm playing basketball. Basketball player.
1: Marcus Thompson, the athletic. I feel like Cuddy from Dead Presidents when it comes to Dylan Brooks. I tried to be a friend. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It is like, like the other day, the other day. Shout out to Clifton Powell. The other day, I'm like, Michael will tell you, I'm like, you know what? I appreciate Dylan Brooks's commitment and consistency yeah. to being a heel, to being a clown. Now, you gonna hit a dude in the nuts in a game in which you suck, and first and foremost, not have the balls <laughs> to talk
4: to show up after yeah. the
1: game. This, what we just heard from Dylan Brooks was after practice yesterday. I ain't talking, bro. That's all you do. That's all the reason all right. we know you is because that's you it. talk a lot. And you dress like a like like a rapper, and you and, and you and you talk of your game, even if your actual game don't back it up. Now you out here blaming the media, the media for for making you the villain. I thought that's what that was the role you were embracing. Your once upon a time idol Draymond would never cry about somebody making you something that you have sought sought out the opportunity to be. Having said all that, the Lakers can't get them up out of here fast enough, as far as I'm concerned. No disrespect to Ja. Who, despite his pain was a pleasure to watch marcus
4: yeah this is very disappointing from dylan i must say yeah i'm not a dylan brooks fan as far as like his game i don't think he's that good but right i respected his hustle man we talk about dylan brooks you know because he's really <laughs> you know? good at making us talk about dylan brooks i just right. remember all this talk about running up chimneys and wanting to smoke my man's got a little bit of smoke duct like come on I feel, like the, I feel like it's on the rest of the Grizzlies to be like, nah, it's not what we about. Go take that podium. Go sit up at that mic. So I feel like he missed an opportunity to lean in. This is against LeBron. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He was about to really – this is Lance Stevenson's whole career right here. Lance Stevenson is worldwide famous now for blowing – He's right? supposed to leave it. Instead, he ducked Wait, it. That was Mike, Mike, what was that?
1: What was that scientific term you used? It wasn't. It wasn't. The, the, it's a symbio. Something. What you use um, talking about what, what, what Dylan Brooks is for LeBron? Like just basically leeching off LeBron. Didn't you use that the other day.
4: Or am I, am that, I making that up? Uh, oh
2: yeah. You yeah, know. No. He's a barnacle. He's oh. a barnacle. He's
4: just a barnacle, man. That's what he is. That's what he is. You can't detach from your host. You can't detach from your (laughs) host if you're a barnacle. You got to suck it up, man. Come on. Marcus, 100%. Thank you. 100% that's
2: how he he sustains himself.
4: mm -mm, LeBron went down off that. I mean, I barely touched him. I didn't know I was that strong. Man, i have been talking more head if I was him. I'm just disappointed he missed the opportunity. Yeah. Come on, Dylan. Step it up.
2: Hey, listen. Listen, Marcus, it's National Poetry Month. So as the poet Draymond said about Dylan Brooks, the dynasty starts after you not with you. It starts after you. Okay, you ain't a part That's of a it. Bar. You
4: ain't a part of it. That's a bar. But
2: I, it was a great bar. It was a great one uh, on his podcast. But I do want to ask about Memphis, you know, writ large. Are we, uh, are, should we write them off? I mean, they're down to one. It feels like it's worse. Is this a real series, or the Lakers just got too much warm?
4: I think Ja might be good enough to make this a series. Like, he just had that, like, we ain't losing the day vibe, right, in L.A. And, look, first game in L.A. always tough, right? That L.A. gets you. L.A. gets you by the heat. Like, you, you, got, you got the L.A. flu game one. So, I want to see how they respond game two. And they are missing Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. I do think that's important. But, man, look. there's no question they didn't make some changes. There is absolutely no question. They've got some pieces to move around. And one of them is Dylan Brooks. Like, they just simply don't have the support on the wing. They don't have the shot creation. Ja got to go hero miracle ball to keep them in the game. And Dylan Brooks be trying to go hero ball, and he shouldn't, right? Like, and you're watching DeAnthony Melton out here balling with the 76ers, and it's like, Mm -hmm. That's kind of more what they need, right? Somebody who's not like dominating the rock, but getting it done. So I do think it's very clear that they need to make some tweaks if they really want to be all they say they are. With that said, I could see the Lakers tricking off a game (laughs) and John going crazy (laughs) and making this a series. That's very possible. Well,
1: well, listen, with all due respect to how dominant AD has been and him and LeBron, um, and I know it's series to series and it's all about matchups, but would you make a case? Oh what's this? What? Oh, what?
2: here we go. Okay. What? All right. I'm gonna you I'm gonna show go. you how it's done. Hey, Dylan Brooks. am going to show you how it's done and going and going. I'm I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna sit here, Dylan. You just got to
7: sit here and take it. No. No, you got to take it. You ain't got to take nothing. Don't Don't call me whack-ass Dylan. If you're going to compare me to a real villain, compare me to Draymond Green. That's first and foremost. But wait a second, Natalie, before you go off, okay? Because I was about to ask
1: about Katie and and Booker, like best duo, but okay, fine. Here you are. Best duo Wait. I don't know what you're looking for. uh, But wait a second. Please do not come talking shit after a one-point win when Harrison Barnes had a great look, okay? Hold on. And now you're probably going to end up right about Warriors in six because De'Aaron Fox got a fractured finger and he's awful for game five. So you all look up and be right. So please don't come talking trash.
7: No, I'm going to talk, but this is the shit I'm talking about. I want Fox to play and to be healthy. I was distraught when I heard that news because now y'all got a built-in excuse for why when my Warriors <laughs> went the next two and have the four games, like I said that they would, you're going to say, oh, De'Aaron Fox was hurt. And by the way, y'all wasn't talking all this shit. Y'all weren't talking all this shit when Andrew Wiggins had a three and they only won by a couple of points. And I pointed out that the Warriors controlled the game and could have still won that you were like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. So now you're not going to try to flip that on me now. Like I'm going to talk because because at the end of the day, at the end of the day they got the W and they're just lucky that my goat, yes, he had a wild blunder, but my guy staff had a blunder. That's the only reason they had a chance to win at the end because the, it was the Warriors game. So, enough but about
1: Mar- that. Why- let, let me talk to, a, let me talk to a voice of reason. <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> see the difference between me and Michael and Natalie is we weren't out here disrespecting Golden State. She was acting like the Kings didn't belong on the same court. They were going to be nothing but a little mosquito That's and aggravating gnat, you know, no pun intended, no. like a gnat, you know, <laughs> to the Warriors. And so, I'm so I'm not saying that the win don't count. I'm just saying you can't come in here the other day when they won without Draymond and I showed up on Friday for that smoke that was warranted because Michael and I didn't think they had a chance to stop to stop them without Draymond. They made a great they They won without Draymond. Then Marcus made a great adjustment by bringing Draymond off the bench to start the game. We'll see what they do the next one and, and, and not having him and Looney on the floor at least to start. I'm just saying that the Kings could have easily won that game. Ain't no comma for ain't no comma for coulda, but they could have won it,
7: They could have uh, won. And the Warriors I actually the think, Warriors could have won it. Sorry, Marcus. Mike, go I actually ahead. Think, I'm sorry. I actually
4: think that's I think the fact that what we were learned in this series is that the Kings are legit. Makes it probably an even better win. Like this team is tough, bro. Like, Tell that to Natalie. They they they, they come through. Like <laughs> they no, nah, I, I think I think she knows it. Like they have a, an a yeah. they have a star player right who attacks. They they you know they have a really great coach who knows how to scheme. I feel like they they beat most teams in this series. I, I feel like if they win this series, you you could put them in the West Finals. Like they're that good. They're that well rounded, well coached. I think one thing we've learned is that this is a this is an incredible foe. So the fact that they are kind of coming through on this, uh, is more of a testament to their inexperience in championship pedigree, I think. I I feel like that's a game the Warriors lose in, in many in many situations this season. But man, like Clay knuckled down. Clay is guarding Sabonis in a post, which by the way is unacceptable of you, Sabonis, but <laughs> this team just win. They just find ways to win. I feel like that's the He's only thing that's them right now. They, do. they just find yeah. ways to win and that, I, I, I was say thinking that. the same thing Mike like you can't you can't be tricking off games like this, but after you talk to them it make it does make a lot of well, sense. This is what they do you, man. You they find a, they find ways to win. They, they always
1: do seem to figure it out all jokes aside Natalie and Marcus had a great line. I think in, in your article today in athletic. I think it was falling forward is still progress Natalie.
7: Yes, but also, like, this this incorrect description of my respect for the Kings, we're going to stop this, because this is how you spread lies. <laughs> I have always respected so, the Kings. <laughs> yes. Darren Fox is absolutely one of my favorite players in the league. I've been on Darren Fox greater than Ja for a minute. Like, I completely respect the Kings. And the only thing that I simply said was that if the series were to start in Golden State versus on the road, I just think it's a shorter series. And But it's not. But you can have a five-game series and it still be a hard series. That doesn't mean that you don't respect the team and that they're not good. But you can have a short series that's still hard. And so, yeah, I thought the series would go five or six. I don't like to hedge, so I said five. But I completely respect the 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 Kings. Even when I did a preview for the series, I said, unlike other young teams, the Kings are incredibly poised, you know, and Mike Brown's a really smart coach. This is not the Wolves over here. Like, they're not going to just trick it off. and, and, the, and Grizzlies. They're not... hey. Hey. Yeah. the Grizzlies. it's not one hey. of those teams. Hey. And they're... Hey. they're... Hey.
1: Anthony Edwards was that? Is that dude? Was that dude last night? At least. That so Anthony nice Edwards, night. Almost, that's Anthony Edwards.
7: they still three. But up, up twelve.
4: They Up twelve with three minutes to play. Yes. And they
5: But
1: a win is
2: a win. <laughs> but a win is a win. Yeah. I, um I, Go ahead, but, yet, I, but let me, let me, let me, let me hit y'all with this though, please. I, as I said in the feed, I love watching the Warriors. I have loved watching them play. Some of the some of their descriptions just get on my nerves. Get on my last nerve. Now, <laughs> I just quoted Draymond Green the bars. Give him love for the bars when they're accurate. What the hell is he talking about with this Draymond rule? Ain't no Draymond rule. He's like, oh yeah, they out. They, they ain't out to get you, Draymond. There, well, there is now. They, they ain't out to get Draymond. Uh, what's okay? You get a technical. I you mean, get they technicals, are. You get thrown. You get thrown out uh. of the game. The dude's been ejected 18 times in his career. The dude's been suspended four times. He got like tons of technical fouls, over 100 technical fouls. What's the Draymond rule? But that's rule? why it's a Draymond
4: and rule. And Bean has that, more than him. Exactly. That's why it's a Draymond rule. What's the rule? rule? I don't get it. The rule what did they do for him? Number one, they started saying, hey, we're going to if if we don't like your history, we gonna count. We gonna I, come I, with that. I, I like that's the Draymond rule. And I Doc said that. Rivers came. Doc Rivers of came with it. it wasn't that's Dennis Rodman. That's Dennis Rodman. Doc Rivers said. I do. that said, Doc
2: Rivers, stop pandering, Doc. First of all, worry about like worry about getting out the second round. Why is he pandering? You worry He's about. You worry about feeling. Stop <laughs> so triggering Michael.
0: Worry you I'm saying. No I'm mad. I am.
2: I am. Dennis <laughs> Rodman. Dennis, when when Draymond was in diapers, Dennis Rodman was the bad boy of the NBA, and he had his whole reputation. This ain't nothing new. Draymond didn't invent something. Oh, it's something not new. To no, get it's him. not new.
4: But, but they didn't have this system of flagrant fouls and all this stuff in place. That stuff wasn't in place. Like, we're talking it's only Draymond rules in a way that it's modern. Like, just because they had rules for Bill Russell or Will Chamberlain doesn't mean Jordan rules didn't exist, right? Like, Rules, they have them, and We're talking about an era, and they're saying, Draymond, we don't like the way you act on the court. It wasn't with, with, with Dennis Rodman, with Bill Lane Beer. It was about what they've done. With Draymond, it's like, man, we don't like you acting. We don't like you playing the field. We exactly. don't like you yelling at the crowd and carrying on. And that is unique. Like, we ain't never seen a dude basically say, look, you got kicked out of a game, of a playoff game, and the game that y'all lost, and that wasn't enough because we don't like that you was yelling back at the crowd. Like that's a very specific indictment from basically a father figure in joe dumars and we all know how old black people would be like man don't be acting up in front of these white people that's basically that's basically what he was saying (laughs) that is a very unique stance like adam silver can't say that which is probably why adam silver wasn't out there explaining it but it's like yo and there have since
7: then there have since then been multiple players who did things worse than Draymond on the court or equal, and there was no second penalty for them, who have an equal or worse history than Draymond. So you, it is unique to him, Michael. You gotta acknowledge Who's got a worse that. History? Who's got a worse history than Draymond? Can I? Joel Embiid has more flagrant fouls than than Draymond Green, and he's played many less games. Dylan Brooks, no extra penalty. Hmm. They do. The numbers hmm. are there.
1: Hmm. He don't do a podcast though, so maybe that's what it is. Uh, hey, before we go, um, <laughs> I do. Wanna, I want to sneak in a quick Eastern Conference name because I'm. I swear, Michael been doing, and I've been doing this show since the bubble. I feel like it was the bubble. Um, if there was, if I had one game to win right now, I pick Jimmy Butler. Speaking of Warriors, I just pick Jimmy Butler. Let's like I'm saying in terms of just like his. I'm a lock. Jimmy Butler
4: or not. Jimmy Butler with that which one.
1: I'm talking about whatever he's wearing in the playoffs. I'm just saying something (laughs) about this dude. Having said that, are we on our way? Because I don't know about Giannis tonight. On our way to seeing Nick's Heat for old
4: time's sake, Marcus. Oh, please. Can we? I don't think we are. I think Giannis is going to come back and then it'll be over. But, oh, I would love to see Nick's Heat. I would love Van Gundy to call the games. I would love Allen Houston to be hanging hanging around somewhere. Give me the nostalgia. Matter yes. of fact, put it on NBC so we can get to get the, wow. the <pequeño>. round <laughs> ball. Rattles, yes. They're yeah, not even I'm getting there. to 100
7: in these games. Ugh, gross. I, I, I'm, I'm here
1: for it. Thank you. Thank, Natalie's too young to appreciate. She too <laughs> yeah. young Bring though, me, little, she's too young to appreciate. She's like Lonzo like Morning.
2: Bring Lonzo Morning out. Lonzo Pass, where's John Scarlett.
1: Natalie got Let's the go key. Chris she got the alarm somewhere. code. She just busting all up in and talking about the upper room. We, we out here talking about other playoff <laughs> series, and she, she got to come in and push us out for but, but, but her Warriors. Yeah, they probably going to win it. Probably going to win it yeah. at six or seven, just like she said. Um, bye, Natalie. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> no problem. Bruh, I'm so fired up. I I, I might even have to go uh, and pull around with franchise mode, dog. I'm just saying this time a, of year is really gets, it really gets hard to not fire up. Who's the what?
2: I'm a, I tell you who I'm going to do Cleveland Arizona. I'm taking the I'm, I'm taking the hometown. i am taking a, No, no, I'm taking the hometown team because I want to get Cleveland to its first Super Bowl. We're going to have multiple championships. Not one, not two. I got too much. talent. Not three, not four, not we five. Talent. We got too much talent. Hey, come on. <laughs>